Um, so hi, everybody. Nice to see you all. Um, I've always got to switch back to gallery when you highlight me like that, but uh, not a problem. Uh, yeah, good to see everybody. It's been a while since I've been here. I've been a lot of other places and all no complaints. Um, and But I'd like to talk tonight about uh, giving thanks, given we just passed um, what's called an American holiday of Thanksgiving. And it's a paradoxical uh, holiday uh, because it's not thankful for everybody, uh, for native peoples in this country. It's, it's a day of mourning and uh, protest actually, com com um, commemorating the arrival of the settlers who came to North America and the, and the oppression and genocide that happened after that. <clears throat> but if we're looking at what it means to give thanks from the heart of the Dharma, from the perspective of the Dharma, it's much more interesting to consider what is thanks giving because um, it the 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 um, the kind of um, celebrations that happen in many many cultures around the world have to do with um, are giving thanks for the blessings of the harvest season and the end of the harvest and the and the last year of growing things and then you know um, getting getting the crops in and that occurs around the world in these times in the autumn times of the year everywhere from Europe and Germany or Asia and Japan all kinds of different places where people celebrate the um, the goodness of what's given by life by the world by the earth and so the for us in the Dharma, the real question is about the giving of thanks. And what is that? Because it's a beautiful uh, act to be thankful. And, and the act of giving thanks is an, an expression of gratitude in the, in the dictionary and often related to God or what's sacred. And in the thesaurus, the words that are the same as thanks are gratitude or gratefulness or appreciation or acknowledgement. And so for us, it becomes part of our practice, part of which I was trying to point at a little in the meditation. Each moment is given. It's not sold to you. The moment is not sold. It's given. And all the different phenomena that arise are, are given. And of course, they're not all they're not all pleasant, and they're not all unpleasant. It's it's life that is given, and life includes includes both of the dukkha and the sukha of life. And in the in the dictionary, they also talk about the acknowledgement that uh, that. Um, Thanks, giving thanks is acknowledgement or celebration of the kind of divine goodness or blessings. Uh, uh, and, and it's both about the divine and the ordinary dispensation of thy bounties. That's what it says. Uh, 
and, and which means coming from God or the heavens. And in Buddhism, gratitude is something that's very common in, in Buddhism. Gratitude, appreciation, recognition, uh, an expression of gratitude for the, um, the sacred or the numinous or the magic of reality and the goodness, the divine goodness of just the fact that we're here and we're conscious and alive. And that, that the, the appreciation of the ordinary dispensation of thy bounties is really just about life and, and appreciating our lives and appreciating the moments that are given, which is right now. And you can just appreciate it because it won't be here again like this ever. And that kind of appreciation is often seen or heard in the different um, poems or texts. Our old friend Ryokan, Japanese monk, he said, the bamboo grove in front of my hut, every day I see it a thousand times, yet never tire of it. Every day I see it a thousand times, but it's always brand new because it's always alive and each moment is brand new. Or another Zen monk, EQ, he said, this brick house I live in is really the sky and just as priceless. I wonder if we, we, we all feel that about wherever we live. It's just like the sky. <clears throat> and of course, the, the positivity you're hearing in their expressions is not to deny the difficulty or the suffering of life, but practice being the, the, res, the way to find some resolution between the split between good and bad, right or wrong, like and not like, and discover the maturity of seeing life, which is painful at times, and miraculous, as Thich Nhat Hanh, the great Vietnamese monk said. And Thich Nhat Hanh said this once, he said, when we have a toothache, we know that not having a toothache is a pleasurable feeling. Everybody get that, right? You don't have a toothache, it's pleasurable compared to a toothache. He goes on to say, but when we do not have, Oh, I'm sorry. When we, when we have a toothache, we know that not having a toothache is a pleasurable feeling. But when we do not have a toothache, most of us are unaware of this pleasant feeling. Only when we lose our sight will we become aware that having eyes to see the blue sky and the white clouds is miraculous. While we can see, we are rarely aware of the miracle. Practicing meditation is to be aware of both what is painful and what is miraculous. And so it's seeing that even in the suffering, there's something being given. There's some possibility. There's some potential for us to wake up and discover the goodness of what we are and the magic of what we are and the and the miraculousness of what we are. And of course, the great um, Sufi poet Rumi writes about a priest who pray prays for thieves and muggers. 
who said, because they have done me such generous favors, every time I turn back toward the things they want, I run into them. They beat me and leave me in the road. And I understand again that what they want is not what I want. But those who make you return for whatever reasons to the spirit, be grateful to them. And of course, it's seeing that even the dukkha that we don't like and don't want, but we have, we can appreciate that it turns us towards opening the heart, freeing the mind, finding our commonality with all beings here. The giving of thanks, the bestowal of a kind of gratitude or gratefulness is allows us to see that all is given, that reality is giving us life each moment. And we can be, we can have thanks for our thoughts or our feelings, even if we don't like them. So I was reading the newspaper, I believe it was today. And there was an article that really touched me about the goodness of people and the goodness of human beings that we don't often hear about. And I'll read you a little bit. It's about, um, it's about a young boy from Mexico, 14-year-old uh, uh, Hector uh, Nale, who posted a video to Instagram. And he, he did it telling uh, the Arizona Cardinals quarterback, Kyler Murray, that he was Nale's inspiration to get through cancer treatment. And Nale got to meet his hero because Murray flew uh, Hector and his mother and father and sister to Mexico City from their hometown in Tordano, Mexico. Uh, for the Monday night game between the Cardinals and the 49ers, it just happened. And he gave them tickets and field passes. And then, you know, before the game at some time, Murray waved Hector into the field uh, at the stadium in Mexico City. And the two hugged and talked and played catch, just like Murray had promised in his video response to Hector. An actor had posted a video in November of 2020, the day he had surgery to remove 10 centimeters of his right fibula, which included a tumor caused by osteosarcoma. And Murray responded a few days later and sent him a video. And throughout his recovery, actor used Murray as an inspiration to get through it, sleeping with the jersey Murray had sent him and watching Murray's highlights to pass the time between chemotherapy treatments. And so you just hear this very simple thing for a very um, successful football player, very wealthy, very highly respected, just taking the time to respond to somebody who is suffering and respond kindly and wisely and helpfully. And there was another article I saw about, um, about other sports uh, stars, and I like sports, so I follow it a bit. Um, 
and how they've responded to suffering. And this is um, the person speaking is Dr. Francesco uh, Dandekar, who's the director of sports psychiatry, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, the director of sports psychiatry at Stanford. And he, and he was asked about that several NBA players such as DeMar DeRozan and Kevin Love and John Wall openly talk about their mental health challenges. And he said, uh, Dr. Dandekar said, I think one of the worst pains a human can feel is isolation, particularly isolation in their suffering. When you have someone, and when you have someone who by all external metrics has made it, <clears throat> um, um, you're in the NBA and you have all this money and wait, you were really anxious. And he's talking about their experience. They were anxious and, and they didn't want to go to the grocery store because they would see people or they wanted to kill themselves, which of course happens to many people to have that thought or feel bad in that way. And these are NBA stars are talking about it. And, she, and he goes on to say, he says, you hear Michael Phelps talk about stuff and the relatability factor is huge. You start thinking, maybe I'm not that different. We all think that what we're going through is unique. When we hear people we revere say their struggle, they struggle with similar things, it allows us to feel less alone. That in and of itself can be useful. It encourages people to take it as another part of life. It's really brave and empowering to have a lot of these high-profiled athletes sharing their stories. And I, I agree. I think that's a really beautiful part of having that uh, stage to speak on. They're successful, they've done well, and they can give back. And so it's part of thanks and the giving of thanks. The giving is the act of bestowing a gift. And it's a gift when people give the truth and are real and are kind and are human about what's true, even their dukkha, even when they have a lot of sukha, like being a successful and, you know, uh, NBA player. And so one of the things that I'm grateful for, so I've been thinking about this talk and what I give thanks for is of course the Dharma. And I get, um, I get sent quotes, Dharma quotes. And so there was a quote recently that I loved from Sayadaw Utejaniya, who I've practiced with and met and got to hang out with a bit, who's a great teacher, wonderful Buddhist monk and teacher. And he says this, he said, asking questions in meditation can make the mind curious to learn. But many yogis misunderstand that. They think you need to figure it out, but that's not it. That's not what we're doing. You ask a question to direct the mind's attention and to encourage the mind to watch and learn. So after you ask a question, you simply observe. It's all about observations. And then he went and listed some of the kinds of questions that he drops in one at a time into his mind while he's sitting. 
So he will be sitting and he'll say, and one question that he'll ask, he won't ask it every moment, but he'll just ask, what am I aware of now? And then just see what you're aware of. And of course, you can do that even in a moment. What are you aware of now? Even, even when you're not formally meditating, what are you aware of now? And just wait and see what you're aware of. And then other questions that Uteshaniya said is, am I properly aware or only superficially aware? Am I really here? This is how I hear it. Am I really here? Am I not here? And can I really be here fully? Can I give myself to the meditative process fully? Or he, another question, he drops in during a meditation of what kind of thoughts are present in the mind? And just be aware, are they happy? Are they sad? Are they wanting? Are they not wanting? And then he had this in the quote that I was sent. He's the, the last question in this little, little uh, piece that I was sent said, am I relaxed? And I love that because I, I, that's a practice I do 24-7. Am I relaxed or not relaxed? And if I'm not relaxed, why not? And, can I, and, and it doesn't mean that to not be relaxed means everything's fine. It means I can relax with the direct experience I'm having here, even when I don't like it. And it doesn't mean that not liking goes away. You relax around the experience. Mm. One of my teachers, Hamid Ali, said, when you experience gratitude, you're in touch with reality. He said it many years ago, and I love that quote from Hamid, because it's true, right? The fulfillment is not just by getting things, really. It's by the heartfelt recognition that every moment of life is given. This moment is being given. And so there's a kind of natural expression of our being when we're in touch with the truth of what's here. And of course, part of what we're thankful for is whatever we might feel grateful for. And so when I started working on this talk this morning, I, I thought about, you know, okay, what am I grateful for? And, and I'd have a difficult night. Sometimes my dukkha is in night, middle of the night or during the night. And I had a bunch of dukkha during the night, very not happy. And I got up and I was still not happy when I got up and I went and sat. And I just sat with being unhappy. And, and I watched everything relax slowly and just get here. Even though I still wasn't happy, I realized I'd clarified all on its own. I didn't even have to do anything. I just stayed with the body and the breath and breathing and being aware of the somatic, kinesthetic, energetic experience of being unhappy. And then it started to relax and open. And I was, I, I didn't, wasn't like anything changed in the content of what I was unhappy about, but I was able to be here and then it was all more okay. And of course I was, so later when I was working on the talk, I was like, I'm grateful to be able to meditate. I mean, 
totally. And, you know, even when meditation is hard sometimes, which it is. And then I got up, I get up early. So I got up and the sun, and the sun was coming up and I look out and, and I have a good view because I'm on the third floor of a building here. And, um, and, uh, and the sunrise, I don't know if anybody saw the sunrise, but it was, it was great. It was just a beautiful sunrise. I mean, the colors and the shapes and the, the clouds and the, it, it was beautiful. And so I was grateful for the sunrise. And I wanted to get out. So I took a little bike ride, early morning bike ride. And, and of course, I'm grateful that I can still ride a bike <laughs> and grateful to be outside. And nature, right, was beautiful. I rode through the park and down to the ocean and at Ocean Beach and, you know, down to the zoo and back. And, and it was like, it's just, you know, nature is beautiful. So grateful for the park and the ocean and the people. Because, you know, ocean, I forget what it's called. The, the big street by the ocean is closed on, on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or Saturday and Sunday. And so people are doing everything. They're skateboarding and roller skating and bicycling and have babies and or walking or older people are walking holding on to things to help them walk and you know and and it's all good and all beautiful and so you might reflect on what what have you been grateful for today what was good in your life what was given to you today <clears throat> And it's very traditional in Buddhism to reflect each morning, or if you're in the monastic tradition, each morning you reflect, you have gratitude for the requisites, for, give, for having been given food and clothes and a place to sleep and medicine if needed. And, and, uh, and it's not just that you re, you're grateful for them, there's also an intention that goes with what's been given is to use it for a wise life, to a good life. And it's really the same. It's really a kind of dana that is being offered both ways, right? The, the, the nuns and monks are grateful for what's been given so they can do their life in the way that they do it, food and clothes and shelter and medicine. And then the intention to give back is right there by living a, a wise life, a life that helps liberate themselves and all beings. And it's part of the dana practice is like this, right? It goes both ways always. And, you know, uh, Fahad spoke about dana today also. I believe next Tuesday, it's what's called Giving Tuesday. And so it's a formalized form of dana to give to what you care about. And so San Francisco Insight generally has us announced that it's Giving Tuesday if you would like to make a, a big or a bigger donation to SFI as part of Giving Tuesday. And, you know, we're, 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 we're grateful if you give on Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday. We don't, we're not that picky on Giving Tuesdays, but, but it is a, a more formal, collective way to think about giving. 
And, and when I was reading the paper, there's something else about giving that I read that I thought I would read to you. And I'm going to read it to you. And Johnny's going to show some pictures. And wait a minute, Johnny, and first show the first picture. And then when I get to the second person, show the second picture. But um, the first, um, uh, the story is about people over 90 who help passengers at San Francisco uh, uh, International Airport, right? People over 90. So in the story that I read, I'll read you some of it. Marge Stone was 54 when she saw a chronicle listing to volunteer helping confused travelers navigate SFO. Uh, she thought she might like that, and it turned out she did. That was 40 years ago, right? So 54, she started 40 years ago. She's 94 now. And you could show the picture of Marge now, Johnny, if you've got it at hand. And uh, wait, I've got to change my own view. Thank you. Yeah, so there's Marge at 94, right? Still giving Donna and kicking butt in my language. And um, uh, right, and she goes on, she says, uh, usually the main question is they want to know where the bathroom is. <laughs> Uh, it, you know, that marked uh, on the day that marked her 40th anniversary, she was interviewed about this. She said, some don't speak English and they have to signal. And but she knows how to read their signals. Right. And she's a senior volunteer, meaning she's been doing the, the longest of 135 people who do this at SFO over the week. Right. And she's careful to point out that age 94, she's not the senior, most senior. That distinction point uh, belongs to Ann Will, who's 98. And, and Johnny will show you her picture, right? And uh, Ann's Will's uh, 98th birthday fell on the first Tuesday in October, and she celebrated by coming into work. Marge said, Ann makes me feel young. On this on this day, when uh, when uh, uh, Anne was in, she said uh, a man came by after a cancel flight and asked if she spoke Spanish. She said no, but go ahead, and she was able to fake it enough to go into the computer and gather the information and send them on his way. And you know, there's a she, a lot of people come in, and in the international terminal, people come by the best uh, the, their desk trying to communicate in all languages except for the one she is fluent in, which is Finnish. She spoke it growing up, and it was great use until Finnair pulled out of SFO during the pandemic. And, and Marge Stone has the same problem. She grew up in a Russian-speaking household, and the weekly flight from Moscow on Aeroflot uh, air, uh, came in. Uh, so she had a lot of uh, time to practice her Russian, but they no longer fly to SFO. Um, and it's said about these, these people who volunteer, who give in this way, that there's no mandatory retirement age for the volunteers. The record is 101. So for all of you, you can do something, you know, see if you can beat 101. 
And Will, uh, she said, for one, is gunning for it. She said, I want to do this as long as I can, which is not very long, she said, on her 98th birthday. So it's, for me, a very beautiful, very moving to see how good people are, how giving people are, how kind people are, how caring people are, and how alive they are. And, and, and seeing that there's different ways to offer our intelligence and our kindness and our wisdom and our love at different times of life. And it keeps going. It's back and forth, the thankfulness. My friend Deborah Chamberlain Taylor, who's also a teacher at Spirit Rock, she said, I notice how generosity and goodness moves in cycles. If someone is kind, I feel gratitude and the impulse towards giving. If someone is selfish, I feel myself more guarded, withheld, and protective. The cycle of generosity fuels more generosity. The cycle of selfishness fuels more selfishness. And Emerson put it this way, talked about this endless seed the endless circulation of what he called divine charity. The wind sows the seed, the sun evaporates the sea, the wind blows the vapor to the field, the rain feeds the plant, the plant feeds the animal, and it's all given. And so there can be a kind of appreciation and delight and enjoyment of being alive and what's been given. Of course, the poem by E.E. E. Cummings, I thank you, God, for most this amazing day, for the leaping greenly spirits of trees and the blue true dream of sky and everything which is natural, which is infinite, which is yes. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, I have more I could read, but I think I'll stop there for now and see what your questions or comments might be. Anything about the talk? Any questions? Any responses? Was it helpful? Do you agree with anything I said? Disagree? Please raise your hand if you would like to respond. And. Uh, Amy, please unmute yourself. I just wanted to say thanks for um, bringing the protests and the day of mourning into the room. So I want to say thanks for that. Sure. I want to say that um, there's an important survey that I would love for the Sangha to answer in this um, week's newsletter. And it's about the um, SFI's giving program. And if we get coming together to serve the community and the world at large, and I would love for everybody to look at it and fill it out. I also want to give thanks for Eileen Spillane. She's um, leading the Midday Dharma Collective tomorrow, Monday at noon. And uh -huh. thanks for Juliana Sloan, um, Women's Sangha, tomorrow night, 7.30. So I just wanted to mention that. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for getting all those announcements in there. <laughs> that was very skillful. But really, thank you. Thank you for all your help because Amy's been very generous with her skills and her intelligence and her creativity. 
and with SFI and the and the website. And so much appreciation. Yeah. Okay. Kevin. Please, I'm Kevin. Uh, it's been a while. So thank you. I'm grateful for your teachings and I agree and I'm grateful for the community. And I thought this was appropriate. I get a daily uh, email for the Sonoma Ashram. <laughs> Never been there, but, you know, so for years I've been getting one and another great place to give Donna to. But today I thought the one is totally relative to your speech and it's, oh, human being, do good for others. It lifts your heart very high. Beautiful. It's true. And that's, I could not say the man's name. It's the wisdom. I can't say his name. You may know him, but I can't say his name. I can't pronounce it correct, correctly. But do, oh, human being, do good for others. It lifts, lifts your own heart very high. Then say, his, say his name poorly, and we'll see if we know who it is. Just How say it. Spell it? No. Agashwar. Bhagwan Ram Ram Bhagwan Ram. I'm not sure who it is. I don't know the first name. Bhagwan Ram. So he he's he's in India, and the ashram is in Sonoma County. Yeah, town Sonoma. All right. Thanks. Great. Thank you, Bruce. Hey. Hey, Well, I just want to express hey express gratitude for the. Uh, community and for the teaching tonight but I wanted to share a story that I encountered this week that I thought was so touching um, picture uh, an elderly kind of portly man um, in a steakhouse in Oklahoma with his arms around uh, and he's crying and his arms are around a young man who is the server there uh -huh. at the steakhouse and he's got the elderly man has a Brianna Taylor shirt on that has her birth date and her the date of her death. Uh -huh. And and it turns out that the elderly man thought that the server looked like a son of his that had died. Mm -hmm. And he asked him if he could um <coughs> sorry, if he could hug him. Yeah. And um, and the, and the young man said, "Of course, you know." And so he hugged him, and he began he began crying. Yeah. And uh, the young man said to him, "It really made his day because he had lost his father recently, mm -hmm. and so they had this very touching connection." I just wanted yeah. to share that. Thank you. No, beautiful because we're just all human together, and just to be real together in that way, and. And, and even with strangers like that. Yeah, very moving. Yeah, that, that the young man was so receptive to this, you know, it was beautiful. Uh, it's, uh, may all of our old and young be receptive to all of this. Yeah, thank you, Bruce. Who else? Anybody else? Any questions or comments or epiphanies or complaints? 
John P. Uh, hi, Eugene. Hello, everybody. <clears throat> hi, John. Let me get you on speaker view. There you are. Hi. Hi. Um, I think one thing that occurred to me on the topic of being grateful and giving thanks is that often, in my experience, you can reserve that for the larger things that we experience. Uh, you know, you talked about a beautiful sunrise this morning or nature generally or, you know, the Dharma as a whole. But um, one thing that really helped me is initially looking at the things that you find neutral in life. But if mm -hmm. you stay with them for a little while and think with them, there are opportunities there to be grateful for those things as well. The things that we overlook and the things that we take for granted every day. If you stay with them and appreciate the roles that are play in our life, then there's thousands of opportunities to give thanks every day. So give us an example, John. I like what you're saying. Give us what 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 have you noticed that was neutral? It's uh, I was thinking about what I might say when I was listening to other people talking, and it's uh, a small example, but helpful nonetheless. I can see my feet from here. My socks, I put them on every morning without a second thought, but they are keeping yeah. my feet warm and I am grateful yeah. for that. You know, that, that doesn't have to be the be all and end all of it. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, no. You know, give me another five minutes and I could find you another 30 things around my room that I'm really sure. grateful for as well. Sure. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. I'm, of course, then I start looking at everything and I start appreciating the fact that it's here and it could not be here and it's good and even whether it's the lights or the water bottle or the the uh, you know the striker for the bell or yeah I mean totally appreciate the goodness of everything that's given because it's all given and especially my socks but I already have a lot of appreciation of my socks that's a big deal I'm a sock guy I heard it's um, it's a good thing to ask for as a gift because people go a little bit above and beyond and then you end up with some really nice socks. So <laughs> no, no, Christmas I don't ask. I, I want to get my own socks. I'm very picky about socks. So my hey. wife kid my wife kids me a lot about <laughs> socks. What's your thing with socks, Yushi? <laughs> well, I like glad, warm socks. I'm glad you have them. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, well, I'm glad you spoke up and appreciate your generosity, John, with SFI. Yeah, thank you, Eugene. Yeah, me. I, thank you. Oh, okay. Faye. Hi, Faye. I'm not hearing you yet, Faye, but I would love to. You have to, can we unmute Faye? Yeah, thanks. Um, for the oh, there help. we go. There we go. <laughs> I'm, I'm technologically challenged um, and many okay. other things too. <laughs> yeah, well, let's just, let's just be happy that we could unmute you. Be yeah. grateful for that. I am. And yeah. I'm, I enjoyed your talk, Eugene. And I mean, as you know, I've, I'm dealing with a lot of dukkha. Yeah. Um, I haven't been able to leave my home for over two and a half years. And yeah. 
I haven't been able to see the blue sky or the leaves of trees. Yeah. And ah, um, I so miss being out in nature. Sure. Um, but I, what you said at the beginning, it was a quote from some monk about something about just being grateful for this brick house or right. something. Yeah, and, yeah, from EQ. Yeah. yeah, and it's actually like I do have a very nice home that I am in. And it's good to be reminded of, to be grateful for that. Yes. Um, and, but I just want to say, I mean, so many people, I am so grateful to the people who practice generosity and like go get my groceries and, mm-hmm. you know, do all the things I can't do, like take my garbage out, take my recycling out. And it's just, yeah, my heart really fills up because um, mm. uh, with so much appreciation for just those little things that when we're healthy, we take for granted. Yes. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. No, beautiful, Faye. And I know, you know, you've been dealing with a lot of dukkha for a long time, but even to have that and let your heart open to the goodness of people who are helping you in whatever way they can. Yeah. And I, and I have to say that um, a friend, uh, SFI buddy yesterday reminded me of, we do actually a gratitude list to each other at the end yeah. of each day. And when I said I was grateful for not having a bellyache, <laughs> he uh-huh. goes, Oh, that sounds like Thich Nhat Hanh and being grateful for not having a toothache (laughs) (laughs) exactly (laughs) and but it's like when you when i have a bellyache just about every day it's like the day i don't it's it is something to be grateful for so and anyways i just appreciate your teaching so much we appreciate you and for people who Faye was on the board of SFI and has been part of this group for many, many years. And we love you and we keep wishing you well. And let's see what happens in the next moment as as it unfolds. Thank you. Okay. Mary. Hi, Mary. Can't hear you. I like seeing you, but I'd like to hear you. Here we go. Okay, thanks. Um, I'm wondering if you could read the whole poem that one of E.E. Cummings. Sure. It's a particularly wonderful poem. It is. Um, So the poem goes, I thank you, God, for most this amazing day, for the leaping greenly spirits of trees and a blue true dream of sky and for everything which is natural, which is infinite, which is yes. I, who have died, am alive again today. And this is the sun's birthday. This is the birthday of life and of love and wings and of the gay great happening illimitably earth. How should tasting, touching, hearing, seeing, breathing any, lifted from the know of all nothing, human merely being doubt, 
unimaginable you. Now the ears of my ears are awake. Excuse me. Now the ears of my ears awake and the eyes of, the, uh, of my eyes are opened. And it's such a beautiful, the last part is very, very moving. You know, how should tasting, touching, hearing, seeing, breathing, any lifted from the know of all nothing? He's describing the gift of this moment of touching, hearing, seeing, breathing. It's all a gift. How should touching, uh, uh, tasting, touching, hearing, seeing, breathing, any lifted from the know of all nothing, from nowhere, human merely being, doubt, unimaginable you. Uh, yeah, beautiful, beautiful poem. Anything else? <laughs> uh, there's so much. Okay, take care. Uh -huh. Miru. Hi, Eugene. Hi, uh, Miru. Hi, everyone. Uh, I, as I was listening to uh, people sharing in your talk, something that came up in my mind about the gratitude, um, it. I think often when we when we are grief for something for something that we like you mentioned um, or John mentioned about the stocks like the simple things are or essential things are we are grateful for them and it's not necessarily because someone is such a great uh, thing for us mm -hmm. it's just there and you know sunshine like they mentioned and. Um, but then, um, so so we are grateful for those that are essential and are already there in life. But when we uh, we often think that oh, we gotta do something really like amazing to to other people um, to be regarded as good or um, so there is those that sort of a, a gap in perceptions um, how what we are grateful for and then what we think that we should do for other people. Mm -hmm. And um, I and I was thinking. It's just a thought. It's not really a structured thought yet, but you know, some maybe just uh, being here now and then just connected to other people are just something that we're just so grateful because mm -hmm. I got connected to SFI uh, board because of Faye. Faye was on board and mm -hmm. Faye told me about, and I was coming to practice in person um, to your talk on Sunday nights, but uh, Faye mentioned that actually, sorry to put you on the spot, Faye, but yeah. we were coming from a spirit rock retreat and then Faye gave me a ride, thankfully, back to the city after the retreat. And um, she was um, talking about maybe you should come join the SFI uh, board. And then a couple of years later, I joined uh, as a board too. And mm -hmm. I, I really, I still remember that conversation and it, it just gave me a spark of inspiration so, and I don't think, I don't know if Faye remembers it or if she thinks about a big deal out of it, but, you know, that's actually a meaningful moment for me too. And um, so our like existence in each moment in each other people's life is really like that moment of the gratitude, I think. So, well, yeah, it's something that, that I want to chew on more. Yeah, well, the, part of the way I hear it is that what I hear is you're saying are learning how to be present and hear with ourselves and with other people is already a gift. Yeah. And yeah, no, and it's beautiful because it's true. It's the gift of the Dharma. 
And, you know, and it said there's no greater gift than, than the Dharma, right? That's the, yeah, beautiful. It's beautiful. And it's great that, that Faye was just being Faye (laughs) and you're, and now you've been on the board for many years and it's, Yeah. yeah. And, and who knows what gifts you've given other people just by being yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just very grateful for Faye and for many, many people in my life, everybody in my life who are present. Thank you. Great. Great. Thank you. Okay. Who's up? Virgil? Well, actually, it's Stephanie. But okay, anyway. Stephanie. When are you? When are you guys going to get both names up there? <laughs> we have put them up there, right. and then they disappear. I don't know. You've got to. You've got to put them. Unless you make them permanent, you got to put them up each time. Oh, something well, like that. That's what happens when yeah. you're in your later eighties. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway. What what I wanted to bring up, because you talked about being with yourself and being with others and being having such gratitude for that. I had the most interesting experience in the drugstore, in the CVS drugstore not long ago, where we live in a very privileged community, Pacific Palisades, and a lot of kids come in there, high school kids after school and just cruise around and the girls are always shopping for makeup and my heart can become very judgmental about these beautiful young girls and why do they have to wear all this makeup and so forth and I thought wait a minute I'm going to talk to these girls so good (laughs) I opened a conversation and all my judgment just fled away. Beautiful. Okay, keep going. Go ahead. They're just girls. <laughs> and they're lovely. When you talk to them, they talk back and they turn out to be lovely girls. Anyway, being with myself and being with those. Wait, wait, wait I lost you. I'm I did. The image. Oh, no, no, no! I can see your image. I, um, your your voice is going in and out. Is that only me, or is that everybody? I don't know. Okay, keep talking now. I can okay. hear you now. Okay. Anyway, I had such gratitude for opening my heart instead of having it closed. I mean, and just beautiful what you did, which is you just talked to them. Yeah. Right. Which makes it a whole different thing because then you see whether you're in your late 80s or early 20s, there's only 60 some years between you. (laughs) And it's these beautiful young people, you know? Yeah. Great. I appreciate you bringing that into the room because it's something most of us don't do enough is talk to the people we're having judgments about. Yeah. Right? And, and it's like uh, so much of my judgments fall away when I talk to people. And where is Pacific Palisades? Uh, it's between Santa Monica and Malibu. Santa Monica. 
Okay, I, I know who that is. Yeah, I must know it, but okay, good, good. <laughs> well, I hope it's beautiful there. It is. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Okay, Michael. Hi, hi, Eugene. Hi, Songa. Hi, Michael. Uh, thank you for the beautiful evening and talk. Um, I had a wonderful bit of gratitude this afternoon. Um, I have been through a long and painful divorce over many years and a um, lot of heartache. And um, this afternoon, I had a nearly two-hour phone call with my former wife, Sherry. And it, it was just lovely that we can be friendly to each other. And um, we, we, we share a, a really great love for our, our beautiful son, mm -hmm. who's now 21 years old. And mm -hmm. I just visited him in Virginia. And it was a wonderful weekend. And weekend just a couple weeks ago until the shooting the mass shooting at the university of virginia oh, yeah, he yeah, was yeah. about two blocks from where that happened and mm -hmm. had to shelter in place as i did at my hotel and all but just being real with sherry this afternoon and 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 we still clearly care for each other and um Time heals. It, it, it just feels like it heals and we can be decent and kind to one another. So I just wanted to put that in the, in the room tonight. Great. Great. Thank you, Michael. And thank you for uh, the reality of even divorce. It's still when, and cause I'm someone who's been divorced and it's, you know, it's just part of life. And they're not bad people. In fact, they're people we've loved, right? And the love is still there, but it didn't work out in terms of staying together. And, and so, and it's true, over time, we just see, for whatever reason, the causes and conditions were such that we couldn't stay together. And that, but the love doesn't have to stop. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. Okay, so we're gonna, but well, we're gonna stop right here because we're out of time. I'm gonna go back to gallery view. And I just wanna say uh, thank you everybody. Great to be here with you all and to see you, hear you and uh, practice with you. And really so many, I mean, I just wanna say everybody's name, you know, again. You know, Lori and Bruce and Terrence and Fiona and Anna Marie and 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 you know, it's just great to see you all. And I don't know who's here next week. I don't think I'm here, but I'll be here again soon, <laughs> some at some point. And I'm gonna we'll just take a moment uh, for a little merit. You know, may our, the blessing or goodness of our time together. Uh, that we have the time to practice and to be together and to explore the Dharma. 
May the goodness of that go out in every direction, touching beings in every realm, in every world, all beings above, below, to the front, behind, right, left. May all beings be happy and peaceful. May all beings be free from suffering. May all beings discover the gratitude and the thankfulness of being alive, of being aware, of discovering the Dharma. May we all wake up together. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Eugene. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Eugene. Thank you, Sangha. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all. Hi, Carly. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, too. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.